0: Hey there folks, and welcome to episode 77 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants ideas and maybe a dose of inspiration to help you enjoy your job and raise more money. And today, I'm sharing the second half of a conversation I had recently with Will Robinson, who's a very smart fundraiser at Become. Become is a fairly small charity that serves children and young people with experience of living in care in the UK. In episode 66 of this show, Will shared some wonderful progress his charity has made in fundraising with the gaming community. As you may be aware, in recent years, some larger charities have developed strategies for raising funds with gamers. During the first lockdown in 2020, Will fast-tracked his plans to do the same. At the time of recording, Will's charity had done three separate gaming marathon events called Become Players which had raised a total of £16,000. To me, one of the fascinating things about their achievements is that of the 65 people who raised funds through gaming for Become this year, not one of them had raised money for the charity in any way before. So this gaming initiative was the catalyst for lots of new support. And just as interestingly, some of those people have now raised funds for the charity through all three of the gaming events across the year. In today's episode, Will shares advice and various lessons he's learned so far, including tips on incentives, working with influencers and ethical and safeguarding considerations. Early in this part of the conversation, I asked Will to tell us about a specialist instant messaging platform called Discord that has been really helpful to their approach. Will Robinson, welcome to the fundraising bright spots podcast. Hey Rob,
1: thanks for having me.
0: You are very welcome. I've been so intrigued by some of the things you've been doing um, in the gaming community. I think I read on your blog about a platform called Discord. Mm-hmm. What is it, and what are the advantages you've found with that compared to you know, another platform like Mail- Mailchimp or something for staying staying in touch with people?
1: Yeah, so Discord is it's an instant messaging. Platform, um, it was created specifically for the gaming community. So if you if you go go onto Discord, you might join a, a channel. It's called specifically about a game uh, because you're interested in this one game. It's like the Sims or something. You go on the Sims channel, and and it's just like an instant chat, and everyone's just talking about the game, and, and and you can like make friends and 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 have interesting conversation. Um, so charities or we can create our own channel, uh, like Become Players channel, um, for all our participants participants to join, um, and and that gives us like a, an immediate communication tool. to to send out announcements, to send out um, just good stewardship um, and also to help encourage participants to support each other. Um, So again, this was like super important for kind of those technical questions about gaming, about streaming, which I did not know the answer to. Um, People will ask in this, Um, platform on discord Um, and then some of our other participants who are great and who are experienced streamers will will answer the question Uh, and they're all helping each other um, and and building relationships and building community Um, and it was hugely positive around the actual events um, like to read out some of the kind of messages that were sent um, like d- during the weekend of, like it was so wonderful to see everyone like supporting each other. Um, so people were saying like, well done everyone. I love the community and how each of us has made a difference. Um, someone was saying, I- I'm going to be, I love this community. I'm open to all events and challenges you've got here in the future. People were like, woo, go team. But yeah, essentially everyone's just like really excited um, for each other. Um, and while we were watching the, the streams live during the weekend, so this again is like another kind of important point is that as a charity it's really meaningful for you to be a viewer for your streamers when they're doing the challenge so you can like drop in it's called and then on the chat you can say hey like we'll hear from become um like how's it going you're doing great from is amazing, amazing and that's that really meaningful piece of engagement um uh, but while watching them you can see them all talking uh, about the, the team's fundraising target so that was that like, really amazing that people being oh yeah like i'm on 200 pounds that's great let's see how the team's doing are the team's on like six thousand that's so wonderful and they seem to be celebrating the the team like uh live total more than their individual total which is like really wonderful um and and discord has been like really well it's, it's been crucial for for building those relationships and building that community um so they can they had that um kind of like shared experience and and, and work towards a shared
0: goal yeah So uh, I'm realising that if a charity is going to do this, they've got to get a sense of how much results they need when, and clearly there's various milestones in the lead up to promote an event like that. And then it needs to be all hands on deck during that weekend or during that, you know, that, that one day marathon or whatever. Was it you doing most of that heavy lifting that, 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 um, Appearing on there, or, or were you managing to get your colleagues to to do a stint as well? First
1: two challenges. Was, so this was like both in twenty twenty. It was just myself, um, but it was a, we only just started using Discord relatively recently, um, and kind of the end of twenty twenty. And it was it, it takes a couple of months to like seed and build up. So it was only really this year where it really started um, to take off, and, and we had there was a lot of like organic conversation which you didn't need to seed. And at that point, uh, what my, my colleague Alicia um definitely helps. Those two of us um, that kind of helped moderate the chat and to be involved over the weekend and, and dropping in on, on all the streams and make sure everyone got um got some connection with the charity and, and, and felt like they were um yeah fully supported and, and we were fully grateful for what they were doing.
0: Yeah, and I was I was just wondering, it's it's becoming really clear to me the various human needs that get met by a, an event like this that that's done well, like I just see it appeals not only to people's competitiveness and their their joy of the game, uh, but also to this kind of this feeling of of being part of something bigger than them, themselves, this this the power of the tribe. Um, um to what extent are people explicit about the cause? Do, i'm guessing some people you know it's enough for them to know uh, if you give you're giving to this good cause and they don't need their mates don't need loads of detail about that but is it also the case that some of your people who are fundraising for you might say a bit more about why this is an important cause and if so is that something that you as a charity would would help them get the information or, or the content or the stories to be able to to share that if they wanted to during a break or, or even, you know, while they were waiting for the next, next level to, to load up or something.
1: Absolutely. Um, so yes, we have kind of created, it's like streamers tips and, and, and just quick, like short paras and, and key points about the charity and our cause, why it's important, why we need to exist. Um, we have provided that. Um, but you're right that there's, there's a broad spectrum of how kind of, engage people are specifically with our cause um and we kind of learn or i kind of learned relatively early on um that this is or we're going to get most success from it if it's a gaming product which happens to be a charity fundraiser rather than a charity product which happens to be gaming so i really wanted it to enter that gaming space to look like a gaming challenge and um, to look like a gaming community and then our primary goal is fundraising, but like a close secondary goal is to bring those individuals closer to the cause um, to help that education. Um, and and that in turn will, will hopefully help them participate or motivate them to participate in future events, which we've, we're we seeing um, and, and is the case. Um, so, yeah, the people who signed up is, is a broad spectrum. There's people who, who have very little awareness of, of care experience, what it means for you in person to be in care. Um, but then we also have seen like a, a wonderful um, number of people who are, have personal experience of care join the community as well, um, which is, is really fantastic and, and kind of yeah, helps helps with our ultimate kind of mission of, sort of supporting the care experience community.
0: Thanks. And I know that in this space, sometimes people talk about the importance of influencers and that being a, a really attractive way i guess or an easy seeming way you can make one of these events succeed because if you go to someone who's got lots of followers as i understand it well then hey presto it, you know lots of people are going to fundraise for you um have i understood the the word influencer correctly in this context could could you put me right and um what's your experience of going down that route to grow an event i, I
1: i'm I think you're correct, Rob. Uh, influencers, yeah, are a huge part of, of online culture now, like beyond gaming and um, influencers are massive everywhere. And, and I'm sure most charities have, have, are becoming very aware of, of their um, ability to promote Kind of uh, events you can get them on board um and yeah there, there's a huge cohort of gaming influencers um, and other as i was talking about earlier people who are having thousands of viewers um if not hundreds of thousands of viewers to a live stream um so yeah the possibility of, of them being able to get your message across to a huge number in a really small short space of time is is massive um and many of these gaming influencers have yeah quite easily raise like £10,000 for a charity in a single evening Um, so if you can get one on board it could be huge Um, some of them are available um, or will stream for you at a cost that's a decision that individual charities need to make it's not something that we would consider um, ourselves we're definitely hopeful to to, um, build relationships with influencers in the medium and longer term Um, I've struggled to reach them over the past twelve months, so that sixteen thousand we raised, we raised that without any influencer involvement. So they're not like a need, and a necessity to have a successful gaming fundraising product. But yeah, the the, the, the opportunity they present is 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 massive. Um, so so they should you should always consider them. And yeah, as I say, the the, the key issue I felt and found is, is accessing them, just getting them to listen, getting them to, to reply. Um, so so we have had kind of that one kind of mid-level influencer um, who um, had personal experience of care, um, was, was why they were motivated to support us and get involved in events. But I didn't know that beforehand when I contacted them. I was contacting quite a a wide range of of just British gaming influencers. Um, Just discovering that they're actually UK-based is quite difficult in the first place because you'll find that gamers and streamers are are relatively protective of um, their identity, where they are, like location. I've heard questions before, like from regionals-based charities asking, how can I discover where the streamers are within this region, with our county or something? Um, And that's going to be really hard because of that kind of like... uh, anonymity that that a lot of um people in the online space um appreciate so yeah like i I don't have the answer unfortunately for influencers yet i'm still looking for it um myself um but i hope the 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 biggest tip i can give is like it's not it's not essential keep following that path keep keep um knocking at influencers door and hopefully one day you'll get one that's really strong and really positive and, yeah. and maybe we'll fundraise that 10 grand in one evening for you
0: yeah, what's really useful for me to know is it. it it's uh, it. It sounds tempting, but it's not you know, like lots of things in life and lots of things in fundraising. The the, 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 the promise of that easier seeming massive 10,000 10, or whatever, it's it's tempting, but but don't be distracted by it. If it's right for your fundraising strategy to test pilot, could, could, could a gaming initiative work for us? Um. If it's going to work it needs to work anyway because of how you work you know your proposition and how it might suit a part of your audience and if you do the work and make that work anyway it seems to me over time you may well also uh, manage to, to make these extra things happen so that it can cause you to have a leapfrog growth but um, to just go down the influencer route primarily anyway like it's the Holy Grail like, like a magic wand that will solve everything I, it seems to be not not a wise path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like our kind of longer term strategy or, or um, ambition is, is that building kind of the community of, of grassroots gamers that, that we are doing um, that will, in turn become a, an attractive proposition to, to, to streamers themselves because they'll be able to advertise what they do, their stream, to this, this new community, this number, and they may get an extra 100 viewers or followers to their own stream. So again, you're, you're incentivizing them, you're offering something back because we, we, we've got that audience to, to offer to them.
0: Hi, it's Rob, and I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about the Bright Spot Members Club, which is where we've published the full learning bundle that Will helped us to create. If you're curious about how this training site works, rather than have me explain, I wanted you to hear from one of our members, Hannah, who joined in March 2020 and who's made use of the resources ever since. She's had a fantastic year, which has included doubling the income for her small arts charity compared to the year before COVID. And she credits the club with helping her to make this progress. Here's what Hannah said about why she's a member. Um, I think this way of learning for me just fits in much better with the with my workload. You've got so many different resources online that you can just tap into when you need them. And so many different experts that you've brought to your program that actually I think I would struggle to be able to persuade my board of trustees to spend hundreds of pounds sending me on a, a three, four day training course when actually there's really good value for money in in your series. And Rob, you bring some really fantastic speakers and professional fundraisers to your series and um, you know some of the sessions may be very short but actually that really suits my style of learning. So I think actually you know I I would say to someone just just give it a go. If you'd like to know more about how this training club works go to brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join. For now though back to the interview as I asked Will about his approach to ethical and safeguarding issues. I wanted to ask a couple of slightly different questions about the bigger picture in the context of a charity, one to do with safeguarding and one to do with ethical approach generally and the suitability of gaming. It seems to me so many charities are managing to make this work, that there is is a way through, but our listeners may be concerned or maybe they know that there's someone, a powerful decision maker within their charity who'll be concerned on either of those fronts. In terms of the safeguarding one for you because your, your charity is for children and young people what's been your approach to keep things safe so
1: specifically on safeguarding that's definitely been kind of a key piece of of my work to make sure especially on and discord essentially that that's where it's been critical like that we, we do have a, a safeguarding approach um and and to retain it to be this that really positive and safe place for our community It's helped that we're a small charity um, because we had such low numbers to start with. Moderation is like a key part of a a Discord channel. Um, So because we've got relatively small numbers and still do, like I'm able to read every single message, um, every single chat that's put out um, to make sure it's safe and good on the discord you can have text and voice channels so we don't have voice channels because we we just don't know how we could moderate that so we don't have that and you can always have all channels on discord and it have like a clear kind of code of conduct at the start um so it's a clear agreement that if you join this community you should follow these rules if not you you, you may be banned or, or, or kicked out of that community um there's clear rules not to like share your any personal information such as like address or, or or contact details clear message that if if anyone else in the community makes you uncomfortable you can direct message a charity administrator or email like our charity here um a bit more Technically, the, the Discord offers its own kind of um, safeguarding and safety options, so you can make your 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 channel the most safe possible. So it kind of blocks any triggering content, um, and then beyond that, you can have what's called bots. Um, so this is kind of like AI, um, which you can add in yourself. So we have a bot that kind of blocks swearing, um, so you can't use bad language. If someone types a message with bad language, it just it will say, oh, no, bad language. You're going to have to rephrase that. You can't send it in. So there's there's lots of tools you can use to, to make it a, a positive and safe place. Um, but every charity needs to like do its own risk assessment of the platform um like you should bring your safeguarding lead into the conversation um to make sure it is that positive and safe place and then finally like i'm like we're really vocal about it on the platform um so like we want this to be as safe and positive space as we can for all of you and for anyone who who will join um, and again because i'm not an expert in discord I, I will ask um the community like if you think there's any tools that we should like build into this like please like let me know um so we can continue to make it even more safe um and some of them came with like really good suggestions so one was a tool where you can um choose your own pronouns when you join the community so that's kind of like attached to to kind of like your your, your name um to make people feel a lot more comfortable so we're able to build that in so now when someone joins the community they're enjoy and choo- uh, encouraged if they would like to um to choose their own pronouns and uh, again that's um hopefully made it a lot more um safe and, and comfortable for for individuals in the community so yeah again engaging them bringing them on that safeguarding journey has been really important but it's still something that without we're still um learning and again because we've had relatively small numbers um it's meant we've been able to do it in an environment that we're happy with like like it's safe enough um rather than yeah big charities if we suddenly have a thousand people join yeah like that would become like a huge risk because we just wouldn't have the capacity to 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 moderate every message and 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 build like the relationships and actually understand and know people yeah Yeah. so so i think we've been a bit more lucky with that um and then to come back to kind of like who we target like with the facebook ads and everyone we we do target an adult audience so it's always 18 plus um but yes as you say rob we're we're a young person's organization We're, we're we're aware and we have to be responsible that to expect um some under 18s to join um to join the channel, so so, so we are aware of that with all our safeguarding processes.
0: Mm. Thanks, Will. And what would you say um, to someone who's listening and they can see this is such an important fundraising opportunity that deserves to be looked at and taken really seriously given how massive a market it is, but they're aware, either they're concerned or some of their colleagues would be concerned about the association's between gaming and you know some things that could do harm for for instance the perceived link between violent games and and that behavior becoming more likely in real life uh lots of charities are getting past this and, and they found a way to have that discussion internally but what would your tips be for how we might navigate that
1: yeah i'm mean, like first off yeah like i am i'm, I'm not a psychologist or or like researcher so i I would definitely encourage everyone to to do your own research into these um key questions which which are important but but some of it all kind of comes from a place of stigma as well um the kind of stigma against gaming that it's a waste of time it destroys brain cells um which has pretty largely been been proved unfounded um so yeah, the, the whole does violent games influence behaviour. Um, again, like if you, if you just do your research, and 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 uh, most of it proves that it doesn't. There's a real question of of, um, of addiction, um, that, which has been discussed a lot. Um, uh, young people getting addicted to to, to gaming it is like a, a minority, but it's it's certainly real. So yeah, you should be aware of it. We build into our stewardship journey that you, gaming needs to be part of like a balanced lifestyle. Um, absolutely encourage breaks. Like on our on Discord, where we'll raise it as a conversation to make sure people are aware and, and what tips that people have to, to make sure you're, you're getting away and it's all safe. And, and you can include it on your webpage um, as well, like tips for to, to make sure um, you're you're gaming safely. Um, uh, there's a question of that really common gaming challenge of the marathon um like we have learned that that itself poses a bit of a like a- physical health risk if you're asking someone to stay up overnight and do something for 24 hours yeah i mean that's not the healthiest thing to do so uh, absolutely everyone in charity community should be encouraging gate uh sorry breaks within the marathon like you absolutely should not just allow but encourage people to split that up over a weekend or longer to make sure people are looking after their, their mental and physical health so yeah rather than just saying it's a marathon you've got to do it and then some people may feel like okay if i if i don't do it i'm i'm not gonna get my certificate because i'm gonna i'm gonna fail um so yeah you absolutely should be clear that um it should be accessible flexible and safe um but yeah like there is still a, a stigma against gaming um but again i would definitely encourage people to, to do research it can be a huge force for good um within that balanced lifestyle it can be a really a tool for positive mental health I, personally like I've, I've used it for kind of like escapism you can say escaping like a, another world which is like fantastic and i was watching um a documentary a short documentary on on a bbc i play the other day it's called gaming and me um i encourage people to, to watch that that's a bit of education which is good um and then one of the the, the positive opportunities of, of kind of the gaming world is kind of opening up communities to individuals um some people like Find communities which are inaccessible to them in, in in quotation marks, kind of like the real world. So, so again, that is um, a hugely positive thing. Um, which and all these positive things should, should yeah should not just. Be overlooked because of um kind of our past preconceptions that uh, gaming is dangerous and and finally like gaming i mean it's it's absolutely here to stay and it's only going to grow um it's not just young people it's a huge part of, of culture across the world so if, if you make the decision to, to to not engage yeah for safeguarding reasons that's okay but uh, as long as you understand the positive aspects as well and you make yeah, that informed decision
0: that makes sense thank you will in terms of i mean i know how hard you've worked over the last year and a half having conversations, uh, researching in various places to get more expert in this space. And I, I know you're continuing to do that. If someone's listening and they realize they they really need to, to look into this, do you have a, a couple of tips for a couple of places they could go to or podcasts or blogs they could read? which would help them go deeper than we've been able to cover it in this fairly short interview.
1: Sure. I think, I think the first thing I would say is, is go on Twitch and just really see real life what, what it is, what, what, you, what people are doing. So you can make like an account on Twitch, like really quickly with minimal personal information. Um, and then you can just click and watch people live straight away. Um, so you'll understand that kind of, kind of what gaming and sh- streaming gaming is.
0: I guess I'm near the end here, but I, um, if there were one, two, or three things, they might seem obvious to you now, but two years ago, you you wouldn't necessarily have known these insights to be so important, so 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 you know valuable principles or val- valuable things you've learned during this journey over the last year and a half that might be useful to someone who's about to, to embark on it, even if you're in a way repeating some things you've said already. What would those one, two, or three principles or ideas be i think i would say
1: pretty much every charity can access gaming fundraising i I think you will have some games within your current audience already um and you can also access completely new supporters um i think a, a key thing for us was that it's Entering the gaming space, or we're, we're straddling the gaming space and the charity space, but leaning more heavily into the gaming space. And um, so, if you if you build something that looks like a, a gaming product and a gaming community, that will really appeal to to people who maybe don't have awareness of of your cause or charity yet. Um, but that will motivate them to 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 join. Um, so essentially, it'll be an event led um fundraising product, which it definitely is for us, and we've seen huge success. Um, and that's community aspect has been massive for us it's been like one of the most successful kind of ad copy you know i was mentioning earlier about doing a test of what is the most um successful copy that engages people to to sign up um so joining a community um was really successful for us um so that's been tremendous um and then um, i mean another tip is is everyone loves a good um Kind of giveaway. So if if you do uh, incentivized fundraising, so we had if you, if you fundraise two hundred pounds, you're going to get um, a Become Players esports um, jersey. So esports is kind of like the more competitive side of gaming. Um, but again, just to make people feel like they're part of a team, they're part of the community, and and really give some tangible um, reward for that. Um, people have loved that, like gamers and and everyone alike. Um, so yeah, th- those are a few tips that I think um, that people should everyone every charity can um, access.
0: Mm. Well, thank you so much. I'd love to go on and on, but I, I know you, you've got plenty to get on with. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing so many examples, uh, tips of things you've, you've learned along the way. Um, I look forward to watching your charity's continued uh, activity in this space because it, it se- seems you've got plenty more plans and it's working already and you're determined to, to keep working with this community. A key insight I've got, like lots of great fundraising, so much of why you've made it work is by being grateful for and making use of the power of your community. You couldn't have done it all on your own. There's no way you ever could have, but you've really deliberately um, uh, asked for help and found lots of wonderful people who care about your cause, who have helped, and that's a lot of why you've made it work. So thanks for for making that point really clearly, as well as all the other tips. Uh, Best of luck with your fundraising. And I will catch up with you soon. Great. Thanks. Thanks again for having me, Rob. Thanks, Will. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you found these ideas were helpful. If so, please do remember to subscribe to the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast today so that you never miss an episode. For a full transcript and a summary of the episode, go to the podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. As I say... This episode was an excerpt from the full film interview I did with Will as part of a learning bundle for the Bright Spot Members Club. If you'd like to see the full learning bundle, it's one of dozens of learning films and weekly live fundraising masterclasses that we provide to fundraisers through the club. To find out more about how the club works, go to brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join. Just before we finish, I'd like to say a huge thank you to all the kind listeners who've been spreading the word about this podcast on social media or to your colleagues, helping us to get this free content out to as many charities as possible during the pandemic. And Will and I would love to hear what you think about this episode. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Will is at Will underscore capital R zero B-I-N-S-O-N and I am at Woods underscore Rob. Thank you so much for listening today. Best of luck with all your fundraising and I look forward to sharing more Bright Spot examples with you soon.